Hello, and welcome to the Alchemy of Art podcast with your host, Addie Hirschton. Join us as we share folk tales and true stories about artists and the creative process. We start with the quote of the day. This is by John O'Donohue. Creativity serves to bring some of our hidden life into expression in order that we might come to see who we are. Hello, everyone. My name is Addie Hirshton. I'm a contemporary impressionist painter, teacher with the Indianapolis Art Center, author, and public speaker. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories about art and artists to inspire you and help you to move forward. Today's podcast features an interview with the painter Dima Chroma and the story of the mama cat. Dima Chroma is a painter and a mother. She studied software engineering and works as a web developer and designer. A few years ago, she moved to the United States to live with her husband, who was then studying to be a pharmacist with Purdue University. A few months later, violent political strife began in her homeland of Syria. Since the war, Dima began painting as a way to recreate and honor her homeland, which continues to be devastated by the war. She paints images of the ancient alleyways of her city homes and nearby Damascus. You can view her work on her Facebook fan page, Dima Chroma Art. That's D-I-M-A-K-R-O-M-A. I met Dima when she was a student in one of my painting classes at the Indianapolis Art Center. I was moved by her courage to move forward, even upon hearing of the murder of several of her cousins shortly before we had a class session together. Dima has an unusual, quiet strength. I admire her positive outlook. I admire her willingness to do the hard work it takes to get a job done right, and she always gets every job done right. She takes pride in her work, and I admire her sincere religious faith. Her number one priority is caring for her daughter, and I'm so happy to hear that she's pregnant again, for the world could not ask for a better mother. And now, without further ado, here's my interview with Dima Chroma. So, welcome, Dima. Oh, thank you, Addie, for having me in your program. I'm very excited, and it's a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm so um, happy to have you here. I'm honored that you're going to talk to us and share your story and uh, see how you answered these questions. So well, let's start with the first one. Um, what is the story right. of how you became an artist? Um, I was around four years old when my parents discovered a little artist. They took care of this talent and tried to improve it. My mother used to get me drawing pads from a store close to our home in Homs. We, we, we are originally from Homs in Syria. Uh-huh. Yes. I almost painted and drew every single page of it within two days, and mm-hmm. she got me more and more pads till the store owner asked her one day, Ma'am, I'm wondering, do you have an art school for kids? 
You buy a lot of drawing pads. She answered, she answered, no, we only have one little artist at home. <laughs> and at 14 years old, I used oil paint for the first time without any prior knowledge of how to use them and what mediums to add. I made a wonderful painting. It's still in Syria. So my parents encouraged me and they bought me a nice easel and I had some private art lessons at an artist's studio. He taught me the basics, like how to stretch a canvas and how to use the oil paint with the mediums. Okay. At that time, it was almost 20 years ago. So at that time, we didn't have like ready stretched canvas there in Syria. So I have to do that by myself. Wow. Then I attended an art class at the art center in my city homes. It's called Subhi Shu'ib in Arabic. Okay. It's the name. It's the name of a famous artist back home. He was the founder of the Fine Arts Center in Homs. Uh, they have highly qualified art teachers in the art center. I participated in some art galleries there too. Okay. During the university, there was not much time to do anything other than studying. I okay. studied uh, informatics engineering, so I didn't paint much at that time. Uh, I got back to painting after graduation. I started to have allergy from oil paint odor. So an artist I knew gave me an advice to use the acrylic paint, and I did so. And I'm still using acrylic so far. My paintings were known to have bold colors. Mm -hmm. At 2010, I got married and moved to the United States. Um, my husband was studying here in Purdue University. He was studying uh, a pharmacy school. Uh, after getting married, the first gift from my husband, Hisham, was an easel and art tools. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to paint again and made a painting for Relay for Life Cancer Society. It was sold in an auction for the benefit of the Cancer Society. Nice. At 2012, we had our daughter, Sally. It was harder to paint with a baby. Yeah. When, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> when she started the daycare at 2014, I started attending art classes at Indianapolis Art Center. I had a wonderful teacher. That's you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you gave me great information and training and more self-confidence. And I painted more than I did at any stage of my life. I love to paint streets and neighborhoods from my homeland. Syria has the most ancient cities in the world and many beautiful places to paint. I also love still life with a Middle Eastern atmosphere. You can mm -hmm. feel my homeland in all my paintings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And when you post your paintings on Facebook, you often put a poem with them and I love that that you write it in Arabic and then I can just click see translation and it will <laughs> tell me what you said, which is so good. Thank you, Facebook, for having the translator. <laughs> um, yeah. But who wrote these poems um, and do you have a favorite poem? Yeah, um, my favorite poem is very famous, the Masian poem. His name is Nizar Kabbani. Okay. Uh, he, he wrote a lot about homeland, about uh, nostalgia, uh, about Damascus, about Syria. He, he, he's wonderful. Okay. So and and you can when you read his poetry, you can feel like you you can see the painting in his poetry. You can see an image. You know, he, he's wonderful. So and sometimes when I read the poetry, it like inspire me to paint something. Mm. 
Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they're, they're lovely <laughs> poems. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually his poetry is like painting with words. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. One way to describe poetry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that you're a wonderful photographer. You have a great sense of balance and uh, capturing a person's uh, character and things like that. Why? At this time, have you decided to focus on painting instead of photography? Photography give, uh, gives me a special vision to the world around. As they say, I see the world through the eye of a photographer. It gave me the ability to pick a random subject and find a beautiful way to photograph it. Mm. I'm convinced that everything has the potential for beauty when viewed from the right perspective, with the right lens, and with a proper illumination. Mm. And this will make a beautiful photograph. Mm. Also, an outstanding painting. Yeah. So it, it, the photography has a great influence on painting. It gave me different perspective and view to objects. It helped me a lot in painting. Knowing the behavior of light and shadow and how shadow is created improved my painting a great deal. But I have cho chosen painting above photography because when creating the artwork, mixing the colors, you are creating something you can feel, hmm. not, on, not only you can see. Yeah. There are more feelings and emotions to use while painting. And I'm very emotional, so it might be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't practice photography. <laughs> I do that by taking photos of my daughter, my husband, and some friends, and their kids. And I'm planning to make the photography as a profession. After graduating from New York Institute of Photography, I'm oh. still studying professional photography at NYIP. Oh, yeah. Okay. My plan is to mix photography with painting and create new artistic photos. Mm. So I'll be working on both of my favorite things, the photography and the painting. But for now, I'm expecting the baby, so I want to give myself and my coming baby enough time before start starting my new photography and painting dream. Definitely, you'll need that time. So good plan, good sure. plan. It sounds exciting. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, what's the number one reason why you create artwork? I, I am moved by color. Uh, expressing my thoughts, feelings, and identity with color brings a special delight. In the current time, as my homeland Syria is passing through bad, the bad crisis. Mm -hmm. Painting places and different things from my homeland is my way to express feelings and identity. Mm -hmm. In my paintings, I'm telling nostalgia stories about little things, a teapot and a cup of tea, a jasmine flower and old streets, buildings. Painting is my voice to tell the stories about the things and places I love. Mm -hmm. So that's the, re the reason. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. It, it must have been really hard to be away from home and then hearing about everything. And then, but I, I mean, I'm certainly glad that you have gotten out of the strife and everything. But I mean, thank you. It's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially at the first, at the beginning of this crisis, uh, my cousins, five of my cousins, cousins were killed. Not at the first, same time, every few months one is killed. And we, it was very hard because I've never heard like 
someone I know is killed or, you know, it's hard to know that someone is shot or killed under torture or it was very hard. Now, nowadays, we've been hearing that for four years. So we are used mm -hmm. to know, we, we know that it's very, very painful, but we know that it happens. But at that time, I didn't know that something like that could happen. Mm. So it was awful. It was yeah. awful. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm always, uh, whenever you, you talk about this, I'm always so glad that you've gotten out, but then I'm so worried about the people who are still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And you see now how people are uh, going uh, in the sea uh, from yeah. Turkey to Europe uh, mm -hmm. to, yeah, t uh, and they are sacrificing their lives. They just need to run away from this situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they prefer to die than staying in Syria. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's, well, yeah. Oh, I, I've, it's it's overwhelming, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to end our conversation together though on a happier note. <laughs> no. uh, there's like a happy thing about mm -hmm. that. It's everything is bad, but you know, when pe some people when they left Syria, they had better chance to live, like in America or in Europe, because we have a lot of talented people in Syria, mm -hmm. and there uh, they didn't care about their talent there. Not only them, the government. And some people are very, very good, like science, in science. Some are very good at schools. Some are very good artists. Mm -hmm. And they were not appreciated in Syria. But mm -hmm. now when they move to the United States and to Europe, they are appreciated. Mm -hmm. And they are taking what they deserve. Mm -hmm. So it, it's also good for those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it's, there are a lot of, it's very, very bad situation. Mm -hmm. But some people, for some people, are they are good, getting better chances. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm. I'm always amazed how I feel you're so, um, you have such a lovely outlook and, you know, it, I think it would be really easy to fall into despair having watched this horrific, um, these, these things that have been going on. And, it, you know, is it, do you feel it's your, your faith that's helping you to stay positive and to you know see the positive and and I, I know you've said oh you know wanting a good future for your daughter is something that helps you mm -hmm. I, I don't know if uh, it's just something I'm seeing from you but if you have yeah, any ideas it's, of it's faith yeah. yeah I believe that everything happens for a reason mm -hmm. and I'm very sad about people who died but at the same time, it's the hour, they, it's time that God wrote, an, uh, since they were born, and at this time they are going to die, you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the, the time to live, and he will not live more than that. Mm -hmm. So people who died, it's, it's the time for them. It, it's written in fate. Mm -hmm. So I believe in that. But I don't believe in the way they were died you know right that how killed or tortured maybe they can be killed died in an accident car accident or heart attack mm -hmm. but not under torture yeah it is the, the, the very bad thing and i'm very sad about what's happening in syria but when i think about those who died i believe that it's time to die for them mm -hmm. but i'm sad about the people who are still alive actually more yeah yeah mm -hmm. but at the same time it's it's life, so mm -hmm. what are we gonna do? Yeah. 
it's awful, but it's life. Mm-hmm. And then there's so many beautiful things happening all around us. You know, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the sadness and the brutality and all of that. And then, you know, then I'll be walking down the street and and see, you know, a mother like yourself putting all that effort caring for their child or you know, just smiling at a neighbor who's um, somebody different from them as we're walking down the street. You know, it's you, there's so much beauty and so much kindness. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I one of my bits of faith is that that's more powerful than sure. the brutality and ugliness. So Sure it is. Mm-hmm. Sure it is. And that's what keeps us going. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Very good. Mm. What is your favorite art book or story? My favorite art book is Daily Painting by Carol Marin. Ah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know this book. I do know it is, this book. <laughs> it's wonderful. It gives tips to keep you going, guides you to create magnificent artworks. And you never get bored as yeah. you paint small paintings every day yeah it's great for new artists you won't be able to put your brush down after reading this book yeah oh i agree i agree and have you done many little paintings as she suggests because i find it so hard to do the little ones (laughs) yeah i I try to do that but it's not a painting a day it's not every day not a daily painting it's from time to time i do a small painting okay okay cool what advice would you give to your younger artist self? I tell them to learn from everything, learn from everything around you, observe the light and shadow, see the reflection of the trees on the lake, the car lights and traffic lights reflected on the wet street after the rain. But be careful while driving because sometimes I do that while driving <laughs> and I actually forget that the light is green. Now I have to go. <laughs> I'm watching the light on the floor, how it's reflected. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done the same thing, Dima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so be careful and keep looking and study the behavior of light on different surfaces. And another advice is to hang around people who are better than you are currently are watching them painting listen to their advice and feedback and the most important thing is to practice mm. yes definitely I agree. I agree so if your children were to hear this conversation we're having together now in 30 years what would you like to say to them and it doesn't have to do anything about art it could just be this is what you would say mm-hmm I I actually have two advice for my kids. Mm. The first one is to find your passion mm. and to give 100%. Give all you can. Mm. Because life is very short. You don't have much time. So make the most of it by doing what you love and giving your all. Search for your passion and you'll find it at some point. When you find it, improve yourself, practice, learn, be professional. Life is way more beautiful when you do what you love. Mm. And never stop giving. The feeling of satisfaction knowing you have given 100% brings tremendous contentment. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice. Oh, lovely, lovely. 
Wonderful. All right. Well, I hope that they hear it in 30 years. <laughs> so yeah, they'll so. hear what you have to say because it's mm. um, very meaningful. And thank you for taking the time to interview with me, Dima, and, and sharing your thoughts. And I know I've learned a lot from you and being around you. So thank, oh, thank you. you. Thanks thank to you. you. I had such a great time and I enjoyed talking to you, Addie. And I really missed you. Oh, <laughs> I miss you too. I miss you too. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. So thanks again, Dima, for taking the time to come on the show. Mm, what a great conversation we had together. So now it is time for me to share the story of the day. This is a folk tale from Wales. I first heard it years ago from the Welsh storyteller Elsid Harker. She shared it in both English and Welsh. Once upon a time, there was a mama cat who was lying peacefully on her front porch, basking in the sunshine. She yawned and stretched and looked down at her three little baby kittens. She licked their faces, and all was right with the world. Suddenly, a large dog came bounding into the yard, and he barked loudly at the cats in his gruff voice. <laughs> the mama cat stood up, and she said something to the dog that made him turn tail and walk calmly out of the yard. Can you guess what the mama cat said? Now, when I share this story with uh, a group of people, say a bunch of children, I like to ask them what the mama cat said, and they always come up with many different answers that are all delightful. And then this is the joke. This is what the mama cat said. She said, She barked at the dog. After the dog was gone, she turned to her baby kittens and said, You see, my dears, this is why it is so helpful to learn a second language. I love that story because it uh, speaks to how um, important it is for us to try to understand each other. And, um, and I think that art is another form of language and that oftentimes when we create something, it's with the purpose of communicating to the viewer later on down the road and that can be important. I love process art. I love making it for the fun of it, but uh, sometimes we want to communicate with other people and that's the whole reason why we do it. If we can come to understand each other, surely we can, we can grow. So that story, The Mama Cat, and um, many others are available in my book, The Alchemy of Art, Stories for the Classroom. And I would like to announce that um, it is almost time for my Thanksgiving giveaway. Every November, I give away an original painting. That's right. I give away one original painting every Thanksgiving. And this year, the painting that I've selected is called Bouquet in a London Cafe. It's a painting of some very soft pink roses in a vase 
that I saw when I was in London last year. If you'd like to put your name in the hat to potentially win that painting or others in the coming years, what you want to do is uh, go to my website and sign up for my monthly newsletter before November 25th. So November 25th is when I'm going to uh, randomly select uh, using a number generator from um, a person from my newsletter list. So I welcome you to go to my website and uh, sign on for my newsletter. I'd love to keep in touch with you in the future and for you to potentially win a painting. So if you love this podcast and want to see it continue, you can support us by going to my website, azirfineart.com, and make a donation on the podcast page. Thanks, everyone. May these stories about art and the creative process inspire you. May you find your voice. You have been listening to the Alchemy of Art podcast. To find out more about Addie Hirshton and her work, go to azirfineart.com. That's A-Z-H-I-R-F-I-N-E-A-R-T dot com.